All right, grab your coffee and let's start this show with a statistic. 70% of Americans do not have a will. Let me say it again. 70% of Americans don't have a will. Well, we're going to be talking about how important it is to have a will. And I don't want you to be a part of that staggering statistic because I could have been. I could have if it hadn't been for my guest, Lori Ashmore Peters. She specializes in making sure that the court in the state of Texas will not make decisions for you, for me, or about you, or about me. So this episode is important for you, my wonderful audience, to make a sensitive subject of estate planning and the need for a will very easy to understand with a very easy, small little full of graphics book, as well as others, that Lori has written. So stay tuned. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. So I want all of you to remember why I do this show. Now in its fourth year, I can't believe it. I've just always in Valerie and Company, my leadership development firm, I've always been passionate about making sure that any leader that I work with, whether it's in doing workshops or in coaching them, that they are leaders who will stay authentic. And why is that so important? I'll tell you. Because I see too many times when someone climbs the ladder and they get further and further up, and by the way, the further up a leader goes, I would just say the lonelier it is. And it's so easy to kind of slip into somebody you're not because you're trying to please people. So don't do that. And that's why I started this show. I thought, you know, it'd be great to have a show that only interviews, because I make sure to vet, leaders who are authentic, who stay the person that they are, who live their values and show them every day. That's the kind of leader I want to follow, and you do too, right? So that's my business. I'm still coaching and I'm still doing workshops on authentic leadership. And it starts with presence, how you show up, and your brand, who you really are. Let's get into the show. I want to welcome Lori Ashmore Peters. Thank you for Thank being you. on this show. Uh, it is my pleasure. Thank you. Lori, had it not been for you, I would have been one of those statistics. Well, thank goodness you're not. Because mm -hmm. it is, you know, when we were doing research for the book, it is an, it was a staggering statistic for us that 70% of Americans do not have a will. And it doesn't, it's not just 70% that think, well, I don't have enough, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't make enough, I really don't have many assets, so I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's some of those celebrities that unfortunately we have heard over the past few years that have passed away and their families to this day are still fighting. And some of them didn't have a will. So we see it all over the board. And, and we, we, the public, mm -hmm. I, we don't realize it. I, we had written, my husband and I had written 
written down some things, Mm -hmm. and we thought that was fine. Well, no, it isn't, so let's get into this. You are from a firm that was started by your wonderful father, Judge Ashmore. Tell us what it was like growing up with your father in that then, because he's now retired Mm -hmm. and thank goodness still with us, what was it like in that kind of a family that was all about wills and estates and you know not probably judge. not what you think um he was one that always taught us when you're at home you're home when you're at work you're at work he never really mixed the two if he didn't have to mm-hmm. um i do rem- i mean i was young enough when he was a judge that that was really all i knew him to be um he was the judge over the mental illness docket and the mental illness court so when i was young we would always have people coming to the house all hours of the day and evening and night for him to sign you know orders um Hmm. for those that were admitted into psychiatric facilities so but again i was so young that that was just a part of what he did I never thought about it how did he get into that narrow of a space he so when he became a judge he was actually appointed to a newly formed bench probate court number three in Dallas County Mm -hmm. and they made that probate court number three the primary and only court that handled the mental illness cases so in addition to handling probate and guardianships he was also the mental illness judge that's fascinating yes yes so fast forward, mm-hmm. you and your brothers. Fast what was forward. It like? Tell so us about again, it. believe it or not, Dad never, um, you know, preached to us or told us that we had to go to law school or that we really had to take any path, any specific path. He truly let us choose our own path. Um, my brother and I are now we own the firm. We're the partners in the firm. But my brother was with the firm in a different capacity for seven years before he went back to law school. And when I graduated, I was in a different career path for two years. And um, what was it? Marketing. Seriously? It was marketing. Um, <laughs> and when I wasn't happy with what I was doing, dad's always taught us life is too short to not be happy. Mm. And when you wake up more days than not dreading going to work, then you need to find something new. Right. And so when that day came, and I just really wasn't happy with what I was doing, I wanted to go back to school. And that was the only time that he threw in his two cents to say, Lori, try one year of law school. If you don't like it, go get your MBA. But that education you're going to get in that one year is going to be immeasurable. That's really good advice. It was, And because he said, if you Mm -hmm. don't like it, take another path. But just try it and see. And that one year, I fell in love with it. I absolutely fell in love with it. And, you know, three years later, I fell in love with estate planning, wills and trusts, and probate and guardianship. You know, I I always thought I wanted to go the criminal law route. Um, But after taking some of those classes and then taking our wills class and Mm -hmm. estate class, the professor was unbelievable. Mm, the and importance of a professor. It's the importance of a professor, and it's tr- for me, it was truly helping people. It was putting people's minds at ease that they're, they're you know, if God forbid anything should happen to them, it was, it was okay. Everything was taken care of for them. Um, and even as I meet with clients now, just the, 
I don't know, the anxiety they have knowing that they don't have their affairs in order. Mm -hmm. um, and then going through the process with them. And then once they sign all of their documents, it's just, it's such a sigh of relief for them and the world isn't on their shoulders that they know, you know what, what we have provided for our children, our spouses, our families, they're going to be okay and taken care of if when the time comes that I pass away. So you have been doing this work now. Since day one. This is all I have done for my legal career. Wills and trusts, probate, um, and guardianship law. And it all just kind of goes hand in hand. You know, what I loved about this one book, uh, I haven't read all of them, <laughs> but I will tell you that, first of all, it's got graphics. I like graphics <laughs> because I can learn from them. So I'll just hold this up and give you an example. It makes it so simple, Lori. You just said, you said to me, okay, there's two pots, <laughs> the non-probate -pro pot uh -huh. and the probate pot. And you explained when we were together the difference. Mm -hmm. So just those, just this one simple little tip, would you tell the audience? Absolutely. So I all, I'm, I'm all about graphics. Usually when I meet with a client or a potential client face-to-face, -face, I'm scribbling on a piece of paper, and probably nine times out of ten, the client says, can you please make a copy of all of your scribbles because that's how, that's how we learn. We're visual. Um, so... I tell people whether you have $5,000, $50,000 to your name or $50 million to your name, every single one of your assets goes into one of two buckets or pots, and it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Non-probate pot and probate pot. I tell people the non-probate pot is contractual. It's definable. Life insurance policy where you've designated a beneficiary, it's in that non-probate pot. Whoever you designated is who gets it. Mm -hmm retirement accounts, any savings accounts, checking accounts, money market accounts, if you've designated it as a pay on death or right of survivorship, it's a non-probate asset. Now, let me just stop you a minute uh -huh. because you see that that would have thrown me like, what do you mean, Lori? I will tell you <laughs> and thank you that when I was with you, mm -hmm. how many times did I say, wait a minute, would you explain that? Yes. Which she does. So, so not talking legalese is so important. I've been with lawyers of all kinds of law, and it's so easy to get those acronyms thrown out there. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the fact that you made it so simple. There's non-probate bucket and, and probate, prob mm -hmm. and then you explain it. So that's awesome. Yes, and I use myself as an example. I tell people, you know, for example, if I have a million-dollar whole life life insurance policy that was paid up before I got married because I got married later in life and I designated you as the beneficiary of that policy. Right. And say, under my will, I leave everything to my husband and say, you know what, our state's only three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars total. Well, when I die, my husband gets what's in the probate bucket, which is that two or three hundred thousand dollars that I had. Mm -hmm. You get the million dollar life insurance policy because it was in the non-probate pot and I designated you as the beneficiary and it was paid up before I got married and my husband unfortunately can't do anything about it. Oh see Oh, okay. So, Let's keep going. Keep this, going. So <laughs> that's why I wanted you on the show because I really had no clue. Um, let me ask you a question. When are you at your best? Oh, my goodness. Um, anytime I get to talk about this subject, 
Anytime when I get to talk about the importance of estate planning Mm -hmm. or and why you need it, because we see people at their best. We see people at their worst. I'll bet. And I am just I I, for me, I want to educate people and inform people. And so I feel that that's when I am at my best, when I'm able to inform people and educate them on the process, whether or not they use me, people need to be armed with information. And Lori, I'll just add, I always ask for the lessons learned Mm -hmm. and uh, things you want to share. And one of them you said, and you just did, speak with a smile in your voice. Yes. Yes. Can you ever stop smiling? I I doubt it. (laughs) Well, don't ask my kids that question. (laughs) Okay. And tell us about your family. Um, I've been married and my husband always laughs. Over 20 years, let's just put it that way. Good. Uh, I've got two children, a boy and a girl. Listen up, women, (laughs) because we're all, or I thank goodness, (laughs) before the fact, I wasn't this busy. But you have, and many women, balance and do it well with a wonderful husband. Absolutely. The, the life, which is, which is great. You also said, Lori, uh, that another lesson learned was, and it goes back to what I've been talking about, don't put off tomorrow what you can and should de- do today. Yes. Tell me about the, another lesson learned when you said there are always two sides to every story and there's usually a reason people act the way they do. What kind of things have you seen? So, I mean, I use that for my kids, um, just with social media the way it is, and I always explain to them there are two sides to a story with, you know, if kids act a certain way, if they're mean, if they're not mean, if they're nice. I try to teach my kids that you don't know what's going on with them. So You see them in school. You see them on social media, which, I mean, we all know people mm. put, put, put their best foot forward on social media. Yes. Um, but then also with my profession, with probate, there's always two sides to the story. Um, we, we represent the one side, but it's just really trying to take a step back to know if you've got siblings fighting. For me, it's trying to figure out why they're fighting. We always, you know, we will fight fire with fire. We will go toe-to-toe with anybody, and we are very good at what we do. But we will also, if a client doesn't want to take that step and that drastic step, we try to find an amicable resolution to the problem. And when you get into it, there's always, you know, two sides to a story. You and I can listen to the exact same story, and if people asked us separately five minutes apart what we heard, it's going to be completely different. That's so true. (laughs) We need to remember that in our family situations, too. Yes. Lori, I'm going to throw some words at you. Uh Uh-oh. And I just want you to share the first thing that comes to your mind. Ready? Okay. Okay, let's start. Presence. Oh my goodness. Presence is where you are right now. For me, presence is how you walk into a room and being confident. Hmm. Brand. Brand is how you want people to see you. Perfect. Can I write those things down? (laughs) It's good marketing, isn't it? It is. (laughs) I knew that. (laughs) Funny. Funny is, you know, you always have to have fun. Again, always speak with a smile on in your voice. It's contagious when you have people that are laughing and smiling. Um, and even though things look grim, there's always a silver lining, and you always just have to keep that in mind. 
and don't let anyone tell you to quit smiling. Okay, unbelievable. Unbelievable are the things that I see on a daily basis, and being <laughs> um, being a mom of two teenagers that is a bit older, um, unbelievable is some of the things I see <laughs> with them and their friends. <laughs> What's a funny story about that? Oh my goodness! Mom part. It, you know um, that you know you're not cool. <laughs> As my to daughter you? told me yesterday, they were saying something, and I was just kind of chiming in, and, and it was like, okay, it's not funny when you do. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Teenagers. Teenagers, I you, love it. And right. you got to laugh. All the way through, even when they're adults. Vision. Vision is just your, um, for me, vision is your vision where you want to be. Okay. Favorite food. Oh, my gosh. My favorite food food. That's a hard one. You know, growing up, my favorite food was mashed potatoes and gravy. Is that right? <laughs> okay. And you come from what ethnicity? Uh, Lebanese. Lebanese. Lebanese, yes. So you didn't say Lebanese food. Okay. Enough of that. Patience. <laughs> Patience. Oh my gosh. Patience is what we have to exercise every day with each other. Love it. Writing. 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 Is, you know, writing for me is writing so that people can understand what you're saying. Oh, and you did that so well. Congratulations. Thank you. Leader? Leader is leading by example. Mm. Although, Do although I will say, you know, many my mother used to tell us this, and now I find myself telling my daughter, don't do as I do, do as I say. Yes, yes. I've had <laughs> so to. So sometimes mm. I have to remember leading by example. Right. <laughs> I understand that. And one more do-over. Do-over. You know, People are where they are in life because there is nothing I would do over. Because if I had hmm. any do over whatsoever, I wouldn't be where I am today with two beautiful kids, with an absolutely incredible husband, and with a great career doing what I love. That's very wonderful to say. Have you had a peak experience? What do you mean a peak experience? In your career, in dealing with the people that you deal with. Mm -hmm. Has there been that one time maybe that was such a great outcome? You, you can look back and say that was really a peak experience for me, for Lori. You know, um, my peak experience, no, it's just, it's every day that I prepare an estate plan and the family comes in to sign it, and they, I mean, honestly, they explained that it was such a great experience. Mm. Um, it's, it's every day when we handle a probate case and we're able to help a family or an individual through one of the most difficult times of their lives um, with grace and with understanding um, and getting them to their end result. To me, those are all peak experiences. Lori, that's a person who not only does what you do really well, but you can tell on camera, in person, Thank you. that it's it's here. Mm -hmm. It's not a career. It's a what? It's a passion. It go. is my passion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's so wonderful. I'll just add to this when... People are able, and thank you, Lord, you and I are, mm -hmm. to have a career doing the things that you're really passionate about. Yes. Which leads to a question I'm often asked. I don't know 
what my, or I have a passion, but I couldn't make a career of it. I remember asking a man this once, and he was a very high up person partner in a firm. <laughs> and he said, uh, I'll, I just will tell you my passion, and you're going to be surprised. And I said, surprise me. <laughs> he said, gambling. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, he was right. I had to think about that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you and when you retire, what will you do? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, you know, I love horses. So, you know, if, if there ever becomes a time that I retire. I mean, I love what I do that if I ever do retire, maybe it's to buy a few acres somewhere and with some horses. That would be, that would be so nice. Lori, this has been a wonderful experience. If, if I can ask you this, if there's one thing that maybe I didn't ask or you think is important to leave with the audience, do you have a thought? You know, it's just, it's make sure that, I mean, with, with my profession, again, and my passion, it's making sure that your documents are in place. Um, it's not just for yourself, but it's for your children. It's for your minor children. Um, we've written an article called, But Aren't We Their Parents? And the importance of, of these documents for your child that has turned 18. Because when, we, when they're off in college, there Good are, point. unfortunately, things that, can go horrifically wrong and we've seen it and if you don't have the powers of attorney and the HIPAA authorizations and unfortunately and I hate to say this but if you don't have the conversation with your children and yes at the age of 18 they're still children do you want do you want life support um, because people don't remember the reason why all of that came to be was because of a college age individual and you know had one night and, and it was a horrible night, and it left her in a vegetative state, and the family had to grapple with the decision, do we, do we continue life support or discontinue life support? Not to bring it down, but those are just things that are so important just to make sure that you have an order. It's part of the estate plan that you need. Um, and I tell people, just go to a qualified attorney and ask the questions. Ask every question you can think of. Mm -hmm. um, and it, this is your plan. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, if your choice is to not do a will, that's your choice, and that is your estate plan. We just call that the no plan estate plan, where, like you said in the beginning, the state of Texas and a judge gets to make the decisions. Well, that's pretty blunt. <laughs> and it's also very true. Lori, thank you for sharing your heart, your thank passion, you. Thank you. your career, and the importance of all the details. And again, do I really need a will? This one book, she's got uh, how many? Seven? We have quite, we have a few. We have a few and, and more on the way. And more on the way. That's interesting because as an author too, mm -hmm. and I have eight, I can't even see myself writing a ninth. And yet <laughs> people will say, well, when are you going to write the next one? Uh -huh. So maybe I'll write e-books. I don't know. There you go. But thank there you, you go. so much for being on well, the show. Thank you. And I wish you thank all you the for very having best. Me. You are so welcome. Thank you. And stay tuned because I want to follow that by two things. First of all, speaking of books, yes, I have two. <laughs> They're on Amazon. Obviously, the name of this show, Doing It Right, came from one of my bestsellers, which is called Do It Right. And it's all the answers, just tips and tips and tips and tips about 
how you can show up with presence. And then Monday Morning Leadership for Women, I'm getting ready, Lori, to do a series of courses on this. And if that's what it is, Leadership for Women. So if you're curious and want to read them, go on Amazon. All right. So I always leave with what I call a Valerieism. And mine today is this. When opportunity shows itself, don't miss it. When opportunity shows itself, don't miss it. How many times in my life can I look back and see, unfortunately, i.e., we moved to Dallas in 1977. There was acreage sort of out there, which I felt like was country. Country, and I'm a city girl. And I remember my husband saying, we ought to look out there. And I said, that's too far. That was called Plano, Texas. And now there's Frisco, Texas. And on and on. I so shut down something that was an opportunity, and I missed it. So don't you do that. When an opportunity shows itself, at least consider it. That's it for today. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.